Thanks for joining me. This is Samantha Dam with Redefining Caregiving. Someone asked me the other day, why do you call it Redefining Caregiving? And I said, well, you know, um, it's about time caregivers were treated better and that they took responsibility for their lack of self-care because they feel, I think most people who are referred to caregiving as like, how, how would I be a caregiver? How should I be a caregiver? And we only have what we see in the past and the examples that we've seen from other people in our lives. And in the past, women were mainly the caregivers and they still are mainly the caregivers. And women tend to live sacrificial lives for people when they are caregiving. And so I think that's wrong. It doesn't work well for caregivers. The proof is burnout is so prevalent over the years. History has shown that caregivers tend to live in the end, have so much loss. These are phys- they'll have physical pain. They'll have financial ruin. And um, a lot of times they're left alone after the entire experience. Um, and they don't have a lot of support from family and friends. And this is common, you know, because I think most people just don't want to deal with caregiving because they don't know how to be a caregiver or they also don't want to suffer. You know, that's that's natural for us to not want to suffer. And Watching someone you love needing care generally is very painful because depending on their level of care and what they're going through, it can be a very painful thing to go through. So we avoid pain. So people avoid being a caregiver. So the ones who do face up and are forced to deal with being a caregiver to someone, uh, they really have a lot to, to deal with. And I think that that's not fair. It's not right. And, and I think that everyone should be held responsible for people in their lives as far as it comes to care, because we're all going to need care ourselves and eventually we're going to need it. So if we're going to be needing it, we probably should be giving it at the same time when we can for other people. So the redefining caregiving comes with that whole concept of let's change the way that caregivers are being taught to be caregivers. But mostly I like to teach caregivers how to be better caregivers and stewards of themselves. And one of the ways that I do that is by teaching, um, how to take care of yourself in every area of your life, including your mindset, which controls everything. And because if you have a positive mindset or a good outlook on life and you value yourself and you love yourself, you'll want to take care of yourself. It just is natural part of when you love something, you take care of it. And so self-love is at the core. And um, second to that is uh, responsibility for your own self and not becoming a burden to other people by not taking care of yourself. Um, when it's, it's been proven time and time again that caregivers who manage themselves well and ha- are held accountable by other people and have friends and support, they do so much better. They, they thrive more because they're taking care of the vessel in which is being used to take care of everyone else. So one of the other ways is not just the mindset, is what you put in your mouth, what, what you feed your body, the nutritional... Um, supply, you know, that's keeping you going. And it's very prevalent that caregivers get burned out because they have to manage so many things at one time throughout the day. They have to take care of people 24 seven sometimes. And that means you're not getting good sleep. And so if you're not getting good sleep, sometimes you have to do things to help support that, that effect on your body, such as, um, like your diet, you can eat more energetic foods that can help feed you. And one of the things I wanted to share with you today is one thing that a lot of people overlook. I never knew that we needed 4,000 uh, to 6,000 milligrams of potassium every day. 
I didn't even really understand. I knew about nutrition, but I didn't really study all the different uh, vitamins and supplements and things until over the last five years, 10 years, actually, I started doing it more. But I didn't realize how much the impact of potassium was on my body until I started not, you know, started feeling terrible. Like I had um, constipation, I had fatigue, I had muscle cramping. And the thing that really triggered me was the muscle cramping. I never had that before. And then it started making me wonder, well, well, of course, why do I have muscle cramping as I get older? And so I started looking it up. And one of the number one reasons why people have muscle cramping and fatigue, constipation, you know, brain fog, they'll say that's fibromyalgia or that's some sort of illness, but they don't, they, the doctors don't look at supplementation or, or diets. They just don't. They're not trained as medical doctors to look at um, diet. They might say, oh, how are you eating? Are you eating well every day? Are you eating three meals a day? But they don't get into, you know, you have to go see a naturopathic doctor or um, a dietitian to learn that the food is what's making you have all these problems, you know. And so I hope that if I could just, for one person out there who's suffering with muscle cramps or constipation, or any high blood pressure, increased risk of stroke you, you have if you're low on potassium. So if you look at the fact that you need potassium at that high of level and you're not getting it, let me just share with you what potassium does for the body. What it does is it's an electrolyte and it conducts electricity, which every cell of our body has electrical currents. Okay, when combined with water and um, it helps our cells with energy, rebuilds tissue, it hydrates the body, and regulates blood pressure. That's an awful lot of amazing things that doctors don't tell you. They don't tell you about vitamin D either, but that's another podcast. (laughs) Today, I want you to see the miracle in supplementing potassium or adding it more into your diet. You're going to be amazed, okay? Because in order to stay alive, we need electrolytes. And like, there's other electrolytes like magnesium. You hear about that one. You hear about calcium, especially with doctors. As, as people get older, they say, oh, you need, some, you need calcium. We need to check your bone density, stuff like that. But they don't, I don't really ever notice that they mention potassium. So potassium is easy to add into your diet. And I'm going to tell you how you can. And then you'll see a difference right away. Okay, so magnesium is also calcium, phosphate, bicarbonate, um, no, it's by bicarbonate. I always say it wrong. No, that's not. I, I'm looking at this paper I wrote down wrong. <laughs> and chloride. Okay, so these are the electrolytes that keep you alive. And it's important because they work together to keep your body in good working order. So one of the things you need to do is um, get 4,000 at least a day, depending on your age, depending on many things. But if you just get up to the 4,000, you'll feel so much better. Because, like, basically... What I've read is only 2% of people in the world actually get adequate amounts. Imagine if the doctor started teaching that we need to take potassium and get as much as we should. All these physical ailments would, would probably disappear for people. I know my muscle cramps went away. If, if I keep my diet full of potassium, which I do every day, I go out of my way to make sure that I do. And now it's a habit. I just eat the foods that are high with potassium. I even have supplementation for the days I know I won't eat it. And I don't have muscle cramps anymore. I don't have constipation anymore. Uh, I have other... I know now that the reason why I have these other physical problems are because I have Crohn's disease or because I have EDS. And and that's different. See, I know what they are. It's not from something that I could change. It's, it's inherited 
diseases. Okay, so what what you don't have is you don't have added stuff, you know, added misery. <laughs> so here are some of the things and the foods that are highest. I know you're probably wondering, what can I eat? The highest food is lima beans. One of the highest is lima beans. You can get 508 milligrams just by eating, you know, a serving of lima beans. Kale is one. Avocado is another. And spinach. Salmon. So these are all high highly potassium foods because they have either 400 or more milligrams. So if you just have a serving of salad with spinach and add some avocado, you've got a thousand milligrams right there. So just Google it and look up foods that are high in potassium and just make a list and put it on the refrigerator and just make sure you add them to your diet. What I've been doing lately is I, I buy the big packages of spinach and I have a food dehydrator. So I put them in there and you lose a little bit of the nutritional value when you dehydrate food, but not a lot. Um, so I put it in the dehydrator and then when, cause I don't want it to spoil if we're not eating it up. And then I put it in a food processor and make powder. And so I just sprinkle the powder in my soup or on my, on my foods, like maybe lasagna, if I eat that, it's a great way to add a more fun way than eating spinach. Some people don't like the taste of spinach and I, I don't necessarily like spinach, but, um, there's kale. You can do the same thing with kale. Uh, bananas have 358 milligrams. So if you have a banana or a large banana, you're getting a good amount. But now remember with bananas, they can cause constipation. So if you start eating a bunch of bananas, you know, like if you have diarrhea, one of the best things to do is eat a banana. So that's just an extra tip for you there. <laughs> Speaking from someone who's had problems with their bowels and Crohn's disease for quite a while. Um, another food that's good is beets. Um, now it says beet, beet greens, which is the top part of the beet. You can cook them, and a half a cup of those has 655 milligrams of potassium. Sweet potatoes, um, peanut butter, like two tablespoons has two, uh, 210. So just look at the list. Go online, find how you can get potassium into your diet. You can create a salad or pizza or casserole that's high in potassium and just eat it and put it in the freezer. So when the days that you know you're not going to have a lot of potassium, you can grab it out of the freezer and warm it up. So anyway, I just hope you guys um, really learn from this that you can manage a lot of the symptoms that you're having before you go to the doctor. Give this a try, okay? Try eating more potassium. The, the electrolytes, what they do for your body is they basically move nutrients into, your, into the cells. So how are you going to get all the other nutrients that you eat into your cells if you're not getting enough electrolytes. Now, you can take an electrolyte formula. They have those. I bought mine at Costco, and they work great. On the, But you don't want to do that all the time. I do that as a supplement. In the morning, I start my day with one because, you know, we go the whole night without any, without any water, and we're, we wake up pretty dehydrated. So I take a good 16 ounces and drink it with my vitamin in the morning. So um, let me tell you what else they do. They hydrate and regulate your body. They regulate your blood pressure. Now that's big for a lot of people. Doctors don't tell you that. Did you know potassium regulates your blood pressure? No, they'll just give you a prescription for some medication that has side effects instead. When you can eat it, you can actually help yourself by just eating these foods. So also it manages the body's pH. It supports your heartbeat. That's amazing. You know, if you eat too much of, uh, if you're not getting enough um, potassium, your heart can start racing. And this may help you with that. 
I'm not a doctor, you guys. I'm not a nurse. I've just been doing this for many years, and these are things that I've learned. Okay, it contributes to the contraction of your muscles. So if you're getting muscle cramping, muscle pain, that's why they'll say, hey, get some magnesium, calcium, especially magnesium. Um, magnesium citrate, I believe, is the one that helps you with your uh, muscles. So you could, um, you could take a supplementation of all those, or you could just eat better foods, okay? It helps rectify the effects of eating too much salt daily. I love salt. I probably shouldn't eat as much as I do. Maybe it's affected me in some way. I don't know, but I sure love salt. And I try not to eat too much of it, but I do. And it's good to know that I'm eating enough potassium. The electrolytes are helping with that. So we need about 4,700 to about, I'd say 55, but some of us need 6,000 milligrams of potassium. So this was more a show today to, that, you know, could change your life. I mean, sometimes I talk about topics that are just light, you know, like having more joy in your life, it's, but they're all serious because if you do all of them, you'll feel better. So I hope that you include yourself in the care you give by when you're in the kitchen cooking food, you have a little list of all these foods that I mentioned and add them to your diet Then see your energy go way up. And I hope you'll feel better overall because you will. I just know it. Okay, guys, I'll let you go for now. Bye-bye.